This is Economy Watch. What you need to know about New Zealand's economic life today. Brought to you by interest.co.nz. Kiora and welcome to Thursday's Economy Watch, where we follow the economic events and trends that affect Aotearoa. I'm David Chaston, and this is the international edition from interest.co.nz. And today we leave with news supply chain cost pressures seem to be easing now. But first, U.S. mortgage applications fell again last week and are now 23% lower than year-ago levels. Benchmark mortgage interest rates rose to 5.8%, which puts them back to their highest pace since 2008. The American housing markets are in the doldrums, undermined by those rising rates. On Saturday New Zealand time, we get the next American jobs report, and today we got the ADP precursor employment report. It has been tracking the non-farm payrolls quite well in its revised format, but they say the era of supercharged jobs gains may be over. They report a shift towards a more conservative pace of hiring in August, possibly as companies try to decipher their country's conflicting signals. They say American jobs grew just 132,000 in August from July, but the latest consensus of the non-farm payrolls gains is 300,000, suggesting the strong jobs expansion remains on track. And the ISM Chicago PMI for August in this heartland manufacturing region has the moderate expansion rolling on, even if not as hot as it has been. But new order levels were up and order backlogs are growing in their region, they say. They also say jobs are now easy to hire for. And the official measure of Chinese factory activity contracted for a second straight month and the fifth decline in the past six months. These signs of weakness are building up now. Meanwhile, the official Chinese service PMI is still expanding, but at a slower pace. They can take some heart from that expansion, even if it is its slowest in three months. The extended weakness has some analysts reducing their 2022 growth estimates down to just 3%. And for such a large economy, that's a long way from Beijing's target of about 5.5%. And China needs its stimulus projects to work to pay off not only now with employment and spreading demand, but long-term by avoiding these investments becoming white elephants. Sadly, there is no assurance that this will be the case. We may have underestimated how much is being committed to these projects. Some say up to a trillion US dollars. Some say up to three times that once debt and company investments are added to the official largesse. But will China get anything like three trillion dollars in benefit from these projects, however laudable they may sound? It is pretty clear that all the prior stimulus they invested hasn't worked long-term as planned, or they wouldn't have needed the new stuff. If this is a rinse and repeat, we are witnessing waste on an epic scale. It is not only the Chinese property market that is causing company pain, their airlines are reporting deep losses as well. But India said its economy expanded 13.5% in the second quarter of 2022 from the same quarter a year ago, the most in a year, but actually that was less than expected. It is actually a remarkable spurt for the world's sixth largest economy. And it stands in stark contrast to China at the moment. But the Indian spurt, which came after a series of much lower gains, isn't expected to be repeated anytime soon. Germany reported its unemployment rate at 3.2% in July, tighter than for June, and given their inflation stress, a somewhat surprising result. They have unusual pressures but they are yet to show up in their labour market. Employment is still expanding there. And the EU said its CPI inflation rate was 9.1% across the zone in August, a small rise from an already high level. 
They also said their core inflation rate was 4.3%, however. But food prices were up more than 10% in August from year-ago levels. And Russia reported a series of economic statistics overnight, and none of them were positive, except perhaps their jobless rate, which was officially held at a low 3.9% level in June, which seems odd given all the other negative data. And Russia said it will shut down its Nord Stream 1 pipeline to Europe for three days for maintenance. The Europeans were expecting this new pressure. It is not the first such shutdown, and it has only been operating at 20% anyway. In Australia, total construction work done unexpectedly fell by 3.8% on a quarter-on-quarter basis in the three months to June, sharply missing expectations of a 0.9% rise and following a 0.9% fall in the first quarter. It was the second straight quarter of decline in construction work done due to a fall in building work done, residential and non-residential work and engineering work. Don't move to Australia for a construction job. Australian house prices also took their biggest fall in 40 years in August, down 4.7% from year-ago levels. Prices in Sydney led the way down. Sydney is currently stuck in the chaos of a public transport strike, making life very difficult at present if you commute. Internationally, container shipping costs are falling faster now, down 4% last week, down almost 40% in a year, although they're still well above five-year averages. Bulk freight rates for cargoes are falling fast now too, and are now lower than pre-pandemic levels. The extreme cost pressures surrounding international supply chains are easing quickly now. And the US Treasury 10-year yield starts today at 3.14% and up two basis points from this time yesterday. And the price of gold will open today at $1,714 an ounce and down another $10 from this time yesterday. And oil prices start today down $1.50 at just under $90 a barrel in the US, while international Brent prices now on $96 a barrel. And the Kiwi dollar will open today at 61.2 US cents and little change from this time yesterday. Against the Australian dollar, we're down at 89.4 Australian cents. Against the euro, we're down to 61 euro cents. That all means our trade weight index starts today at 70.5 and another small retreat. And the Bitcoin price is now at $19,982 and up 1.4% from this time yesterday. However, volatility over the past 24 hours has been moderate at just on plus or minus 2%. You can find links to the articles mentioned today in our show notes. Get more news affecting the economy in New Zealand from interest.co.nz. Kia ora, I'm David Chaston, and we'll do this again tomorrow. Tomorrow.